We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. He was in the building for John Lynch's pre-draft press conference on Monday. We're recording this Monday afternoon, and (laughs) not a lot came out of the press conference, but there was some interesting stuff that we got to dive into. So let's talk about John Lynch's presser right now. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa's got him and a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. So I thought John Lynch filibustering the first six minutes of his press conference was really, really great. And I love that he didn't try and sidestep the idea. Like he knew what the deal was. He didn't think you guys all assembled there at Levi Stadium to ask him about <laughs> offensive line prospects late on day two <laughs> no and, he, he and i knew. love that he just he just came out and he's like talking and he's doing the whole thing and then he just like he didn't lead into it he just hard left and was like and you know what guys i know you guys want to talk about Debo, but i'm not going to so can we not i know you have a job but can we not do that and then just off the bat just Debo question Debo question Debo. i it was great i i really really enjoyed it it was so i went into it because we were talking about it in the media workroom we're like what's john gonna say like is he gonna say anything and we all sort of collectively hit on the bullet points like john's probably gonna say something to the of they want debo they're not gonna get into specifics um and and every they're willing to take calls on anybody which is basically essentially what john lynch said like and so nothing really came out of it from a Debo Samuel perspective, like specifically, there wasn't anything that John Lynch said. He said, I, I can't imagine wanting to trade Debo, which was kind of interesting, I guess, him saying, I can't imagine wanting to trade Debo, um, because that's obviously different than saying, I can't imagine trading Debo, because I think the 49ers can definitely imagine trading Debo. And some of the things he hinted that 
was, um, you know, Tracy Sandler, friend of the pod, asked if, you know, how, how Debo Samuel's situation is impacting their preparation for the draft. And what Lynch said was sort of interesting, interesting in that, you know, he said it doesn't change anything really because we prepare for all scenarios anyway. So, like, it, you know, he's not going into it saying, oh, we got to completely, it, we're, it, it shook up everything we did, but he did say, yeah, we're, he basically hinted at saying we're prepared for a scenario where somebody offers us two first round picks we can't turn it down and you know we got to make these picks right on on thursday night mm-hmm. i don't think that's going to happen ultimately um but there were some other things he said you know i asked him about nick bosa and you know the the nine he, he announced basically they they picked up his fifth year option and then said they'll re they'll visit the contract talks with him at an appropriate time right and so what's interesting about that is that Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel are basically in the same boat when it comes to a contract extension. They're both due or both eligible, I should say, for a contract extension for the first time this offseason. Debo has decided to demand a trade while Bosa is like, yeah, I'll probably just wait till July like Fred Warner and Trent Kittle did. And it sounds like George that. Yeah, George Kittle. Who did I say? Did I say Trent Kittle? Trent Kittle, that's not a the lesser known Kittle. <laughs> yeah, maybe they got Trent Taylor mixed up. I don't know. Um, that Trent Taylor extension for sure. That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> Trent um, Williams, maybe. Trent, yeah, maybe Trent Williams. They did pay hey, Trent, Trent Williams. Williams. I'm giving but, you benefit of the doubt on this one. Yeah, yeah no, I thank you. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> um, the point being that John Lynch, without saying it outright, I think my takeaway, just sort of trying to read between the lines, is that the 49ers obviously felt like they would hammer out a Debo Samuel extension in July when they typically handle their other extensions. And he's, he was certainly surprised that Debo has taken this sort of 180 um, after talking so glowingly about being used as a wide back and his relationship with Kyle Shanahan during the season. Now all of a sudden he wants to be traded if you're asking me to editorialize, I think it's a negotiation tactic. I know a lot of people see videos on social media and Instagram and whatever, and like, oh, Debo's gone. Like, in my opinion, money talks, right? Like, I think this mm-hmm. is definitely a salvageable situation. And I think it's just early in the negotiations. Debo took offense to whatever happened in those very early stages of the negotiations and then decided to take his trade demand public. And ultimately, I think Debo can be talked off the ledge and a real offer from the 49ers, which I think will come at some point, would get this deal done. But there's also the possibility that the 49ers are like, man, we don't want to put up with this now or two or three years from now when Debo may or may not want a new contract. Like, And we don't want to set this precedent where somebody can just push us around. Which, I mean, that might lead to them keeping him too, right? Like, they might not just want to acquiesce to a trade demand anyway. Um, So, it's just a very complicated situation. And what's frustrating about it is no one's saying anything concrete or on the record. Debo Samuel's not saying anything with the exception of just sort of acting out on Instagram. And John Lynch certainly did not provide any details about anything, leaving, leaving it all very ambiguous. Um, so really the only one who said anything concrete about the situation has been Jeff Darlington when he reported last Wednesday that Debo Samuel called him and, and told him he wants a trade without offering any real specifics. So right. we've heard 
It's not a money thing. It's not a role thing. It's not, you know, whatever. I ultimately, I think it's a money thing. And I think there's a strong possibility that Debo Samuel wants to get paid as a receiver at the top of the market, but also get some extra cash because he provides value as a running back. And the 49ers are clearly like, well, you're definitely a receiver and we're not going to pay you Tyree kill money just because you get some carries um, in the one season that you've been productive. So I don't know. We'll see. This is all just me speculating, but it's a tough topic to talk about because there has been so little concrete stuff about it. Right. And that's, that's what, that's what's so fascinating about it to me is like everyone has an opinion, but nobody's necessarily wrong because nobody really knows anything at this point. And it's just a, it's an odd, it's an odd thing, but I'm just inclined with like, I think if there was a concrete reason, like this is why Debo Samuel is holding out or not holding out, but why he's requested a trade. If there was a concrete reason, I think it would have come out by now. But I'm with you in that I think it's a negotiation tactic because if there was the fact that we've heard, well, it's his role. He's unhappy with his role. And, oh, he wants to live closer to home. And, oh, he had a falling out with Kyle Shanahan. Or what? all the different things we've heard, it just, if, it, it just seems like, there's not there's not any one thing outside of Ian Rappaport said the most interesting thing to me so far. And that was when on the Pat McAfee show, he said that the 49ers didn't bring an offer to the table in April and that pissed Sam Debo off. And so he said, screw this, trade me. Don't even make an offer at this point. I just want to be traded. And like, if that's, that's the wild. case and like, if that's the case, then they'll call him in July and say, Hey, we have X amount for you. Like, let's talk. And I, I just, I think that that's what it'll be. Like, I, I'm, I think like, the question okay, if, here's, here's, here's my, here's, here's my big takeaway from, from the last couple of days though. Forgetting for like, I just forget what Debo Samuel wants or doesn't want. I don't think the 49ers are going to trade him. And I think the only way they do trade him is if they just get their socks knocked off by a deal that they would have taken even without a trade request. Like if the yeah, Jets, I agree with that. If the Jets call them and say, "Hey, here's four and ten and a 2023 second, like the Niners would have done that without all this. You know, like my that's the kind of deal I think it's going to take. And I know people go there. Well, there's no way they're going to do that. It's like, exactly. There's no way that. And and I think that there's no way any team's going to do the deal it would take for the Niners to unload, unload Debo. Yeah. And I mean, what's crazy to me is like, and this is me editorializing, obviously, because I don't really know what's happening. But like, if Debo Samuel really requested a trade because the 49ers would not make him an offer in April, like you, you have to have a pretty fragile ego for that to be your course of action right mm-hmm. like you're so mad that oh we you won't even propose a contract months ahead of when you normally do like what for what purpose other than for Debo Samuel to just get a direct deposit into his account right like that's the only reason 
that I could think of why Debo Samuel would be like, pay me now or trade me. Right. Right. Because the 49ers have set precedent. Everybody they extend under this regime comes in July. Who's not up for free agency, right? Like they sign free agents like Trent Williams and Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward and Kyle Juszczyk at the beginning of the league year, which is what happens. And then when they're extending their own guys who are eligible, they end up utilizing all the time that they have and they do it right before training camp. And I understand if you're Debo Samuel and you want to get paid in a hurry, why that might irk you, particularly because, you know, you watch Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs and Tyree Kill all in new contracts. But like, if you're the 49ers, what is, why is it your prerogative to pay Debo Samuel in April rather than wait till July? Right. Cause like I've you no have idea. to account the reason why they, they wait till July is because they have a very clear understanding of what their financial outlook is going to be. Right. You have all of your free agents signed, you have your draft picks signed in theory, or you at least know exactly how much your draft picks are going to get paid. Right. Like the 49ers have nine picks right now. But for all we know, as of Monday, they could pick 15 guys or they could trade trade a bunch of picks and pick five guys. Right. Right. And and the the difference in how much they're paying those guys could potentially be massive. Right. Which ultimately changes how much you might have available at certain times uh, for your guys who are up for new contracts and like. Right. You know, one of the reasons why I asked about Nick Bosa was because I wanted to see where that stood in contrast with Debo, right? Like, how is he talking about Debo or how is he talking about Nick Bosa's status relative to Debo's? And Sean was like, yeah, it's all good there. Like, we picked up his fifth year option. We're going to visit contract talks at an appropriate time. And, you know, everything's fine. And it's like <laughs> the, the tenor of the discussion is just completely different because he's willing, first of all, to tell us things about Debo I or did. about Nick what, I, that he wasn't willing to say about Debo. And it's just, I don't know, man, like from, did. from everything I've heard, it just really seems like Debo's kind of acting out. And if you're a team that might be in the Debo Samuel market, are you watching this? And you're like, yeah, this is a guy I want to give up a first and second round pick for and then pay $28 million a year. Like I just, I just don't know in what way, and I fully understand Evo Samuel fighting for himself and it's a business and all that stuff, but he also could have done this without making any trade requests public and without doing whatever he's doing on social media and without this being a talking point that the 49ers have have to deal with. Because ultimately, I think one of the reasons why the 49ers were so willing to pay other guys at the top of the market was because they didn't do all this stuff during negotiations. Because you know, based on the fact that these are just high-intensity negotiations with a ton of money on the line, that things got contentious behind the scenes, but that stuff doesn't always leak out. And then ultimately, I would think the team giving out the money is thankful for that, which is why George Kittle ended up getting a deal at the top of the market, why Fred Warner got a deal at the top of the market. Same for Trent Williams. Like Negotiations are negotiations. And I, I think the fact that Debo decided to go public is ultimately going to hurt him in these negotiations. Maybe. I mean, that's yeah, kind of, that's, that's, <laughs> and I, I say that to underscore the fact that that's what all of this is right now. It's all, why is he doing this? I don't know. Maybe this, and are the Niners going to do this? I don't know. Maybe like, I, I just, I don't know. 
I, I, I just, I have no idea. I did think it was interesting though. And on the, on the Nick Bosa point that when answering that question, he said, and I've maintained consistently that Nick in our minds, we're going to do um, everything we can to keep him a part of this organization. He's a foundational player, much like Debo, a difference maker. It felt like that was like a, like a, like a peace offering. Like, hey, this yeah. is Debo. This is how we view you. So come back to the table and let's chat. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. Like, I just, I get, you know, I, I see the internet. I see Le'Veon Bell's tweets and I Le'Veon Bell having, having an opinion on this is just a, a hilarious thing to me. But anyway, I mean, I see what's happening on the internet and everybody taking up Devo's side and saying, you know, it's a business. You got to do what's right for you. And yeah, I think that's true. But that doesn't always mean making a big fuss about con- complicated negotiations publicly. Right. And mm-hmm. and again, maybe the 49ers have done super wrong by Debo and maybe the Niners are really acting out behind the scenes. And maybe I'm not giving enough credit to the idea that the 49ers are completely lowballing him. Although I don't think they've given him an offer because that's been said from multiple outlets, right? Like Jeff Darlington said the 49ers haven't made an offer. Um Ian Rappaport has said the 49ers haven't made an offer. So I tend to think that the 49ers have not made an offer. And if that's really the reason why Debo's doing this, and it's like, all right, man, <laughs> what are you really trying to accomplish? But aside from just drawing a ton of attention to yourself right now, because we could have be having these same discussions and they could be private and you can be just as mad, but ultimately we'd be more likely to cast you out if you handled this a little bit more professionally than making it public. Like that's, that's ultimately what I think is probably the frustrating part about this from the Niners perspective, because the Niners have optimized Debo Samuel, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you were, if Debo Samuel were on the open market and we were to do an exercise and say, man, 
what coach and team would be best for Debo Samuel, the 49ers obviously would be like in the top three to five, right? Yeah. Because you say, yeah, Kyle Shanahan run game. Like what Kyle, like Debo Samuel embodies everything Kyle Shanahan wants in an offensive player. And Kyle Shanahan is going to figure out ways to maximize guys like that. And so the fact that Debo Samuel's like upset with his role, it's like, all right, well, what role do you want? And what, where do you think your numbers are going to be even better than they would be here? Right. Like you just had like an 1800 yard season and 16 touchdowns, you know? Right. (laughs) And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to take away anything that Debo did because Debo did that on his own, obviously, but like Kyle Shanahan and the offensive structure and everything like that is a part of it. So I just think it's, you know, whatever, whatever Debo's plan is here just doesn't make a whole lot of sense because frankly, I don't think he has a whole lot of leverage. Um, I know. I mean, he doesn't. Yeah. There are other people who think he does have leverage here because it's happening before the draft. And, um, but if I'm the 49ers, I'm not trading him and I'm calling his bluff saying, all right, we're going to, the 49ers pay guys, right? Like they pay guys Mm -hmm. top of the market. They've overpaid a bunch of guys. I have a hard time believing they wouldn't do the same for Debo Samuel. It just needs to happen on their watch. And that's something that Samuel is probably unhappy conceding, but like, they pay guys and they overpay guys. So I have a hard time believing the 49ers are just against paying Debo Samuel, particularly given the right. way we know Kyle Shanahan feels about him. Well, and especially since we always, they always say, you know, they plan for uh, every scenario and this and that. I'm guessing that part of the reason that they didn't even make an offer in April is because they did not plan for Debo Samuel to have 1800 scrimmage yards and 14 touchdowns like I I genuinely just don't think that they were ready to offer the kind of contract that he might have earned last year and that's why it was just kind of like hey we don't really like we're not gonna well and then the Christian Kirk thing getting 18 from the Jags so it's like maybe they just didn't even want to offer because it was like hey we were gonna give you like 12 a year to start and now we've got to recalibrate what the floor is or something like that. Like it might've just been that, that it might've had nothing to do with, with wanting to, or not wanting to pay Debo. Yeah. I, I think, you know, there, there have been talks. Oh, it's his role. It's I, I, I honestly think Debo is probably fine with just having the ball in his hands and will do whatever, if it leads to being productive and winning. Right. But I think ultimately it's about money. And if he's like, I think so too. Yeah. I, you know, I provide $5 million a year worth of running back value on top of my 22 million a year versus for as a receiver. So pay me $27 million a year. And I could see the Niners being like, oh, about 24. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and, well, and, and there's, there's a medium you could, there, there's a happy medium there that you can negotiate. But the fact right. that they haven't even gotten to that point and no formal offer has been made. And Samuel's just upset about that. It's like, all right, man. The and fascinating. You, if well, now if you're in the Niners, you're like, do I want to put up with this? Because this might not be the last time you ever have to deal with this. Well, and the fascinating thing to me is that he wasn't a wide back, quote unquote, until like week ten last year. And if you take from week ten through the NFC Championship game, um, he carried the ball. 80 times in 11 games. It's 124 carries in a season. 
I don't think their plan is to make him carry it 124 times in a season. No, I don't so, when, so it, when it comes to his role, like I think last year was just a weird thing that he kind of had to be a running back a little bit out of necessity. And that's why he carried it 27 times in three playoff games. But I just, I don't know. It's, I, I, it's very odd. It's, it's a, it's an extremely odd, unprecedented thing. But, um, can we talk about a couple other things or at least one? Yeah, other of thing? course. Go for um, it. So you remember two years ago when it was unclear if Joe Staley was going to play. Yes. Uh, after 2019 that his plans were mostly mom. And then all of a sudden during the draft, Staley announces his retirement after the 49ers trade for Trent Williams. John Lynch didn't. I don't think John Lynch did a great job. And maybe I'm, I completely misread this, but I don't think so. No, you didn't, because I everyone thought the same thing that you did. Yeah, he kind of he was like, well, we've been in regular communication with Alex and he hasn't made up his mind yet. Um, but he, but you know, is, he might, is... he's undecided on playing. And then he also said Alex will address it at an appropriate time. And it's like, all right, if a guy's playing, there isn't really a, a situation where you address it as an at the appropriate time. You're just well, kind of playing. Right. And then the the question was, has Alex Mack made a final decision on whether or not to continue playing? Not a final. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. And then is there a possibility? Like, I think Eric Branch asked, is there a possibility that Mack plays this year? And, and John goes, yeah, there's a possibility. Like, so I think it wouldn't surprise me at all if come Friday we find out, oh, the 49ers drafted Cam Jurgens, or they traded up for... Tyler Linderbaum or whatever. And then we find out Alex Mack retires. <laughs> right. That's right. that. That was sort of my takeaway from the whole Alex Mack thing based um, on how John also, Lynch was talking about it. And maybe John, John Lynch is just a master poker player and I don't know it, but that's he's not FYI. Okay. You play poker with him? No, but I've watched him try and lie before. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've... Remember when Barrows <laughs> asked him about, is he going to go back to TV? And he was like, Oh, I was like, I was like, and then it came out like he definitely got an offer to go back to TV. Yeah. Yeah. That guy sucks at lying. Yeah. I think that's kind of a, that's kind of a thing with this 49ers regime is that they're bad at lying, which I kind of appreciate. I did. No, it's not a knock. It's not a knock. He's just not Kyle a Shanahan is a bad liar. Like I would like yeah. to play poker with Kyle Shanahan. He brings his own Red Bull for RBVs per source. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Um, the other thing that I thought was, was, uh, was interesting is that John Lynch said that he believes Trey Lance is ready after all the consternation about that during the off season, the 49ers feel good about Trey Lance, your thoughts. Yeah. So I asked him about, um, the report from Jeremy Fowler who said Trey Lance has been getting assurances i guess behind the scenes that he would be the starting quarterback or something to that effect but i just wanted to get john on record to see what he would say and he was like well i don't know about those reports but i can say we think we want we appreciate competition and we think trey is ready to come to compete or some so i mean you know everything they say is about and obviously look investing three first round picks in trey lance speaks for itself so everything right. they say is going to be about setting trey lance up but it's like on one hand, everything they do is about 
setting things up for Trey Lance. And on the other hand, when you actually say is Trey Lance a starter, it's, oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, all right, we get it. You guys are in the NFL. You can't divulge any secrets, but like, we know what the deal is. Like, can we at least be real about this? Do you but, think there's any, do you think there's any team sitting there right now going like, damn it. They still won't say whether Trey Lance is the starter. Yeah, who should we prepare for? Like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, but I, I, I get it because you sort of, I mean, look, we hold, we take, everything these guys say and we talk about it in podcasts and we write about it in articles and blog posts and tweets we use everything they say against them at some point when things go wrong so if if he says yeah we're 100 percent behind trey lance and he's our guy or whatever and then say jimmy garoppolo comes back from the injury and is just all of a sudden brett Favre. <laughs> And and like beats him out and it's like, well, you said Trey Lance was ready. Clearly you guys screwed up somehow. Right. And right. I'm just using that as an example. But like that's 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 sort of the way they approach all of those sort of topics. Like they mm-hmm. can't address it directly, which is why. And I understand people get upset with NFL types who never really give clear answers on anything when they're talking in press conference settings. But I'm right. sure if we're if we were to get John Lynch off the record you know, privately uh, with, you know, maybe 37 Mai Tais or however many it was, <laughs> you would say, yeah, Trey's, Trey's going to be the starter. I think so too. Do you I'm have anything be else? A wedding. I'm going to be at a wedding in Mexico this weekend. Do you think I should try to break John Lynch's Mai Tai record? Uh, no, because then I would okay. be searching for a new podcast partner. <laughs> would be in mexico this is the first draft i have not been covering since 2013 um congratulations congratulations on that uh i've got to figure out content ideas for my blog on thursday which i will i'm kind of excited for it because i'm gonna have fun with it but yeah i mean you know i don't know if we want to riff like this on the pod about like ideas but you can talk no no not necessarily not particularly dolphins who the dolphins drafted with the pick the niners traded them Wow. Hey, do you think the sun's going to come up tomorrow? <laughs> Just while we're, while we're at it. Um, no, uh, I don't really want to talk about that. I do want to talk about um, maybe you can break 80 in my ties. Wow. <laughs> cuts. Let's cut steep. <laughs> too soon that's deep no, too soon too, no, no, i mean you know what i didn't deserve to break 80 it wasn't one of those things where i was like oh so close and i just you know like missed a putt or whatever it, it was a bad round like i've so i look at you know i have an app that keeps track of all my scores i average 86 it drives me insane and i shot an 86 and anytime like for me if i'm 84 or better um i'm I'm happy. I've bro- I've played probably 200 rounds in the last three years and I've broken 80 once and it's, I'm like constantly like 85, 86 and it's really frustrating. So look, last Friday I had had a couple beers, hazy IPAs because we're cool nice. like that. Of course. And I was like, I'm playing golf tomorrow and I really want to break 80. So I'm going to hold myself accountable and tweet about it. And I didn't break 80. And now like I heard a lot about it in the media workroom today, and I'm like, I will, I will beat everybody in here at golf except for maybe Cam. Cam Inman is is kind of a stick sometimes, but even I could see that. Still, yeah, he can play. He plays. A lot. I could see. And he's that. been playing for a lot longer than I. But um, one of these days, 
Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> um, someday I'll break a hundred, you know, um, which yeah, I have once. Yeah, you will. I've done it once. So anyways, uh, we're going to get out of here. I will be here. Uh, I think I'm going to do pods after each day of the draft. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we'll have various guests coming through and, um, we'll have a, we'll have a good time while you are having a better time down in Mexico. I can't yeah, wait same. to hear And you know what? It. I'm going to bring my microphone. Oh, um, I yes. have a little travel mic. I'm going to yes. bring it just in case because there's a chance that I'm just going to feel like firing some takes off. I love, I love from, this. From south of the border. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> now I'm going to make you do it because okay. this is something I need, yeah. even if it's five minutes. Emergency okay. pod. Yeah. And I will, I will maintain professionalism. Oh, speaking but... of emergency pod. Mm-hmm. Uniform takes real quick. The Niners are going back to the saloon font. And th- that's really of all the 49ers news today. That's the one that matters most. Um, saloon font is good. It's a big upgrade, but I don't like the execution of it on yeah. the uniform. It's not perfect. I think, I think they should have went with white letters with a gold outline instead mm. of like the white letters with sort of the red lines inside the number. It just looks very messy and not super clean but it looks incomplete yeah no it definitely looks incomplete but it is it is a dramatic upgrade over that weird word mark they had that was like the block letters with the line under it didn't like it never liked it and the saloon font is back so shout out to the 49ers for that uh subscribe rate and review if you have not done so already and i will see you guys uh after each day of the draft Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.